Okay, we are in Sefer Yirmiyahu, Perik Mem, Pasuk Aleph, Hadavar Asher Hoyo So we saw in Perik Lamed Tess yesterday the tragic events, including the surrounding of Jerusalem by Nebuchadnezzar, uh, the breach of the wall, and a year and a half later, the total destruction of Yerushalayim and the Beis Hamikdash, and the Jews, or most of them, taken off in exile to Bavel. Today, we're going to have, in Yerushalayim, the first Nebuah after this period, or are we? We're not clear. It starts as a Nebuah HaDavar HaShem but some of the Mephoshim say the Nebuah isn't in Mem. It doesn't come till Mem Beis. Some say we appear in Pasuk Hay for an instant. But we see it's not your standard Nebuah. We see it from the beginning because all the Nebuahs that come to Yirmiyahu. We've seen, say, in the ninth year of Hizkiyahu, in the third year of Tzidkiyahu, in the tenth year of Yoshio. It dates it from the king's reign. Here, there is no such thing because there is no king reigning. Moreover, we had some question yesterday as to after Nebuchadnezzar, after Nebuchadnezzar issues his order to Nebuchadnezzar, Find your Miyahu, give him whatever he wants, do whatever he wants. There was the question is, because they can't find him, is he integrated into the prisoner march to Bavel? Or is he hiding in the prison? Where is your Miyahu? And this will be answered very shortly here. So let's begin. Hashem. The word came to me, yo, from God, after Nebuzardan, by the way, Rav Tabachim could mean the general, the head, it could also mean the head executioner, min from Ramah, this says specifically, he, at the time, was in chains. Nebuzardun didn't realize, didn't get the order yet. And he is being led away. They may not know who he is. He may have integrated himself deliberately into the line of march to Bavel. But that's where he is. Now, the order goes out to Nebuchadnezzar, to Nebuzardun, find this man. He takes him out of the line of march. In other words, Yirmiyahu has chosen to go into Golas. He feels his place is with his people. And the Buzardan tries to reason with him. And he says, This is something you yourself Prophesied. Yechodesh Baruch Hu said this was coming. This isn't a surprise that you are being exiled to this place. Yechodesh Baruch Hu, your God, is just carrying out what he said. It shouldn't be, oh, I'm going into Golis with them. You knew just what was happening and the sequence it was happening. Um, and it was because of their sins 
They didn't listen to the Kaddish Baruch's voice. And this is why it occurred to you. So why are you insisting on going into Gullis with them? You knew this was going to happen. Moreover, the Mephoshim say there was a dialogue between the Kaddish Baruch and Yirmiyahu, where Yirmiyahu says, look, either I'll go or you go, but one of us has to go to be with them. And in the end, the Kaddish Baruch Hu says, I'll go into Gaulus with them. You stay with the community that's left behind in Eretz Yisrael. Says that Uzadan, I've liberated, I've broken your shackles, your chain. If you are insistent on coming with me and the rest of the Jews to Bovel, come. Don't worry, I will take care of you. The order is to protect you, to give you whatever you want, wherever you want it. All right, we don't want the idea now of going into Bavel uh, in exile. You don't want to come with me to Bavel? Stop. Get out of the line. The land is before you. Wherever you want to go, wherever you want to be, go. It's open for you. You have the lay of the land. This is the Buzagan talking. Maybe the best thing, if you want, Go with Gedalia. Gedalia was appointed the military governor by Nebuchadnezzar, uh, and he was chosen to all of Judea. Stay with him. You can counsel him and be a part of his uh, ruling of the exile. Or again, do whatever you want to do. Go wherever you want to go. I will give you food, um, clothing, and send you to whichever place you want to go. You are treated as like our, our prime responsibility, like royalty. He comes to Gedaliah, who is in Mitzvah. You remember that's the um, birthplace of Shmuel Hanavi. And he now integrates and dwells with the remnant of Judea that is still there in the land. And now the news of Gedaliah ben Achikam, and it's, it's seismic news, because as we're going to see, he had a tremendous degree of autonomy, Gedaliah. This was a violent exile, and yet Gedaliah is self-ruling. You know, he's being in charge. All again, Nebuchadnezzar wants is quiet. He just wants domestic tranquility there in what he's left behind. So, uh, all the Sarei HaChayolim, and here we're talking not about Chaldean or Babylonian generals, we're talking about Jewish generals who were scattered out there in the field, who were fighting these isolated wars in the territory. They hear about Gedaliah ben Achim. 
that the king of Babylonia appointed this man as Gedalia to the land to rule autonomously. And he is responsible for the entire population, men, women, children, that did not go into exile to Bovel. They come, they come out of the fields, out of their hiding places in what's the Gedalia in Mitzvah. Be Ishmael bin Netanyahu, mark that name. Be Yochanan, be Yonasan, bene Korach, Ushriya, ben Tanchumes, bene Epe, Hanatopos, by Yazanehu, Kame Hamachati, Hamoran Shehem. These are the generals, these are the leading military figures that come out of hiding and join Gedalia. It's a new age. By Shavalahem Gedalia ben Achikam. Ben Shaphan Gedalia swears to them, Ulan Shehem, Lemor, Alt Iru Meavod Hakazdin. Do not be afraid of the Babylonians. Do not resist them. Do not rebel. Shuvavaretz, sit here in peace, serenity, tranquility. The Ibdu Es Melech Babel, Vayitavlochem. Not be loyal, <coughs> excuse me, to the king of Babel, and it will be go well with you. <clears throat> I will make my headquarters, says Gedalia, in Mitzvah. <clears throat> to stand before the Kasdim. What that means is that he has permission that if there are rebel units of Babylonians who come and try to fight him or undermine what Nebuchadnezzar is doing, he has the right to withstand them. That is pretty strong autonomy. I'll show you if they come and try and bother you, Vatem and now concentrate on the prosperity of the land. Islu Yayin, gather wine, the kayats grow wheat, the shemen oil, the simu bhalechem, put it in your utensils, Ushu Warechem Asher to Fastem. Sit and dwell there, get ready for the uh, <coughs> the winter, store food away no problem. There are Jews scattered in the lands of Moab, of Naamon, of Edom. They hear this wonderful news. Uh, He's given a remnant to Yehuda. It's a new order. They've got their own governor. And so they come out of hiding. They come out of the lands that they are. Um... By Yeshuvu Kolha Yudimi Koham Kamos. It's an ingathering literally of exiles now in the, the those that are left in the land. By Yeshuvu Kol Yehudimi Koham Kamos, Ashem Nidhusham, by Yavo, Eretz Yehuda, El Gidanya, Hamitz Pasa, they come to Gidanya Mitzvah, by Yasu Yayin, Bakayitz, Harbimon, they gather all the food they need. So it looks like along with a Gullus in Bavel that is the greatest Gullus our people ever experienced, that is Gullus of learning, of wealth, of influence, there's a parallel growth there in Yehuda. The leftovers, these low remnants, the Dalus Ha'am, are experiencing a spiritual renaissance. 
and yet you know it's too good to last. How, how long, in Judea, yes. How long has it been since Sancharab exiled the northern tribes? I think it's 110 years, but I'll look at it, don't hold it. It's, either, it's easy over a century. Um, so, why do you ask? Because I was wondering, ha- having seen what happened, if those people, wherever they are, You're right. make their way back either to Bubble or to Israel or to... You know, one the of ten the, tribes? Yeah. We never hear from them. No. Some say they did come back to Bubble, but no. This is Edom, Moab, and Amman. No, I understand that. Yeah. I'm saying what I... You know, what no. No, no reporting of that, that they, <coughs> they come back and integrate. Um, in any case, we know it just isn't going to last. So what happens? The Yochanan ben Koreach, Rechol Sarei Chayolim Asher Pesodeh, Yochanan ben Koreach comes to Gedaliah with the generals. Boel Gedaliah HaMizpasah. Vayomru Elah, Hayodoa Tehidah, do you know that Baalis, Melech b'nei Ammon, king of Ammon, Shalach es Yishmuel ben Netanya, that first name mentioned, has recruited Yishmuel ben Netanya l'hakoscho nefesh, to assassinate you. V'lohe min lohem Gedalia ben Achika. And Gedalia just will not believe it. Vayochanan ben Koreach Omar and Gedalia Beseta. Now he thinks maybe because he said it to him in front of the other generals, he doesn't want to acknowledge the threat to himself. So now he takes him apart secretly. Vamitzvah lemor Elchono, let me go. Vaakes Yishmael ben Netanya, I will kill Yishmael ben Netanya. Veishlo yeda, no one will know. Lomo yichbe nefesh and avotsu kol Yehuda hanichbatzim elecha vaabdosheris Yehuda. Why are you going to risk in this? the destruction of the remnant. It's a golden age under your rule, and now you're going to leave them open, the vulnerable, because he is going to take over, and it's going to all die out. And he says to him, don't do this, don't take vigilante justice. You're speaking lies about Yishmael. It is Lushan Hara. And we must discuss this rationally. Because what he has done is universally condemn Gedalia. He's being a big tzaddik. He's not going to speak Lushan Hara. And therefore this gets out of his hand with disastrous, as we're going to see, results. The Gemara in Nida says as follows. Uh, they talk about, we're going to learn in the next parak, the bodies of the Gedalia followers that are thrown into the pit. And it was said in a price of, Hu habar shemile Yishmael ben Netanya. This is what he filled with corpses. Dichtiv habar asher hishlikshem Yishmael as kol where he threw these carcasses. Asher hika biyad Gedalia who had been struck through the hands of Gedalia. Gedalia didn't touch them. It was him, Yishmael ben Nisanya. And the Gemara says, V'chi Gedalia hargon? Did Gedalia kill them? V'halo Yishmael hargon? What are they talking about? 
Ela because he should have listened to the advice of Yochanan Mekura and he did not. The Torah reckons it as though he had killed them by his refusal to take action, to take precaution. He is considered responsible. Moreover, this concept of high lishna busha, the lushan hara, afal pita kibu lomi boye, although one should not accept it as truth, miyuchoshlemi boye. One should be mindful of it. Mark it in your mind. Because here you've got two things. You've got a uh, rodef, the concept of a rodef who's pursuing you. You have the obligation to rise up. Someone's coming to kill you. You have the obligation to rise up and kill him. And two, he's married to Malchus. He's rebelling against the leader of Judea now. He can't do that. So don't be such a tzaddik. And that is what we learn in Mesilas Yesharim by the Reb Chaim Lutzato. What he says, and I'm just going to say it outside, is that one of the most difficult things we have to weigh on a moral scale is that sometimes something that looks like it's Hasidus, that it looks like it's right and justice, is not. And sometimes it's the other way around. It has to be done at a delicate balance, you have to see. Continues, uh, because of an excess of Hasidus, because he didn't take the advice and judge Yishmael, or he wasn't going to take Lashon Hara. You're lying at what you're saying about Yishmael. What did it cause? We're going to see that the rest of the remnants are scattered by Nebuchadnezzar. And we saw in the Gemara in Nida, he's attributed for all those deaths like he killed him. The murders are described to him, ascribed to him. And so we see that a, a terrible moral dilemma, which he dithered over, ended in a terrible tragedy, which Amir to Hashem, we will discuss further, 8.45 a.m. tomorrow, Ad Khan.